I'm Alan Rolston. I'm Judy Kokovas. I'm Jason Kokovas. I'm Alan's better half, Joe. And this is High Off Life. Cue theme music. As always, the first question we have to ask is, what gets you high off life? Let's start with Judy. Well, I'm going to say Dave Grohl's mom. And why is that? I'm just reading her uh, latest book, and um, it's all about Dave Grohl and a whole bunch of other guys, who artists who have made it, and what, what their childhoods were like. Ah, okay, so that fits in with uh, Jason. What gets you high off life? Uh, well, I'm recently getting into the new albums that are coming out on like on, in the music industry right now. Recently, it's Panic at the Disco's new album because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Okay, let's see. There's so many things, but the coolest thing I did lately was Alan forced me to go into the garage and lever up his motorcycle because my job was supposed to be you sit on the motorcycle and you hold it steady. <laughs> so 500 pounds, me holding that steady. Plus, the seat is so wide, I couldn't even sit there. My feet can't touch the ground. Anyway, Alan says, all right, I'll sit here, and you can jack up the motorcycle. <laughs> and so he talked me through it, and it was really cool. We got it up high enough. He could take off the wheel and get a new tire. So that made me really high. And mine will tie into that because I found out that I really enjoy doing as much maintenance on that motorcycle myself as I can. So being able to, with your help, get the front wheel off and then take it over and have a, a new tire installed, that was really cool. The next segment usually is we need to talk. Usually that's about an issue that we all have a concern about. And jointly, we all know that we have a concern about. Go ahead, Jason. Trump's border law. The whole need to enforce a law that results in children being separated from their parents is the thing that we all feel is an issue that needs to be discussed. <laughs> Thus, we shall discuss this. Who's first? What scares me the most is they haven't found the babies and very few of the girls that have been separated. And a Supreme Court judge, no, it's not a a federal judge has said they have 14 days to return the under five-year-olds to their parents. And I hope this costs them a small fortune because they've already deported most of these parents. And I hope it costs those taxpayers money to get those kids returned. But I'd, I'd really like to know where they are. They've got the mayor of New York City is really upset because they... They smuggled in about 300 kids in the middle of the night without anyone knowing where they were going or what was happening. And the airlines are upset because they've been used for the transport and they're refusing to transport any more kids. So that's what's bothering me. What's bothering me most is there are two things. One, it's the condition that the children are living in in the actual camps, should we say, because it doesn't look fun. It doesn't look comfortable and they're away from their parents which is scary all on its own but also what scared me is watching cnn one day and looking at the picture of a kid who's watching and crying their eyes out as their parents are getting deported 
that alone just makes me sad and scared for these kids because what's going to happen next is the question. They're being terrorized in like, a sense. It's, it's scary, isn't it? It is. Judy. Well, and Jason is looking at it from uh, the child's perspective. Uh, I can completely see that. Uh, they're not being told what is happening. Um, generally, they, they don't even understand the language of the people who are taking the parents away. From, from the parents' perspective, I can't even imagine not knowing where Jason or PJ, my older son, for even an hour, much less you know, days on end. I, I saw Melania Trump was being, uh, w- she was asking some questions uh, of one of the hostel directors and um, she was asking how often do they get to call their parents and they were saying twice a week. I, I can't even imagine going a day without being in contact with my kids. This is, this is not humane. Um, I also heard that, so the little, little kids, some of them have notes on them with their parents' names and numbers, but some some of them don't have any notes, or they've lost their notes, or they're too little to even know their parents' names. So how are those kids ever going to be matched up again? Your, your mention of the notes reminds me of uh, my mother, actually. My mother... Uh, and her mother and uh, her brother, um, they they went through uh, uh, the the Japanese invasion, and so they had to. Uh, I don't know what the term is, but they they had to run. They had to basically take everything that they could and run. They were put on a boat, and my mom remembers um, her mother again pinning a note to her, uh, a note to her brother, and pinning jewelry inside their clothing in hopes that if they did get separated or if uh, my grandmother was killed, that somebody would take them in and take the jewelry as payment for taking in her children. This is, again, this is war. Um, this is this is the climate of war, and I feel like we have a climate of war here as well. It's uh, it's it's hard to imagine in this day and age that children are being put through all of this trauma. It's also very racist, right? He doesn't want brown people coming in, and he said himself he wants people from Norway. What the hell is that? On top of all of that, the thing that drives me bonkers about this issue is that somehow it hasn't already resolved in, in, in a groundswell of, of uh, what's the word I want, uh, indignation or a groundswell of you just can't do that, this is wrong. Like, how is it that the American people haven't in some mechanism said, okay, that's enough, buddy, you can't do this. The fact that it's going on and has been going on and somehow there's no way to stop this policy when it's clear that it's it's an anti-humanitarian policy it's probably equivalent to a war crime if it's not a war crime it's probably very close it's just a question of how you look at it because you can't separating parents from their children or or vice versa saying separating the children from their parents that's a life altering scarring kind of an incident especially when it goes on for days like then to weeks and then to potentially months 
and the people who are taking care of the kids aren't treating the kids like you would say at a daycare. There's no physical contact. There's like Judy mentioned, some of them don't even understand what's being said around them. They're in a completely alien environment. Their parents have been ripped away from them. They will be scarred for life. And this is continuing to go on. And it's somehow, oh, well, that's okay. Uh, We'll just have to wait for the next election to fix this. That just drives me nuts. That's not completely true that there haven't been activists, big rallies. This weekend, there's going to be marches comparable to the Women's March, which was the biggest demonstration in the world. So there's lots going on, and he did have to water down his policy, Jeff Sessions' policy, but it hasn't really changed anything, right? It's just lip service. Well, they they changed the the immigration thing so that they didn't separate the kids, but they are now using, it's illegal across the border, so they're separating them for that reason. They're charging them all with a crime, so they are separating from the kids. But the the PR spin is, no, no, we've gotten rid of the other thing policy, the immigration policy. Well, yeah, but you're doing it a different way. So I'm, I'm upset by that to the point where I just, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how it hasn't already been vetoed or something. I don't by. know how he hasn't been impeached yet. Look at everything he's done in the span of, what, two years? Not even two years. Like, not almost almost two years. Like, he's he's done so much bad things to the country. Like, sure, he, he met with Kim Jong-un. I was already terrified. But I was kind of happy because I was hoping he would step out of the airplane and then bang. So, I mean, <laughs> I was... Uh, I was kind of. (laughs) All right. So we're all really upset with that. And now we'll move on to the interview. This interview was recorded at CKCU. You were going to be playing where last night? I was going to play at Broadway Bar and Grill in Orleans. And they had a power failure. Yeah. But I got lucky because he invited me to that. I was able to return the favor and say, no, well, I I lost my guest. Could you come in and play for us and bring your mom and have your mom talk to us, too? Because you were in, uh, I think, May 18th, Lucas reminded me this morning, and you played for us, and your mother refused to comment. So this morning, apparently. (laughs) Well, refusal. I don't know about refusal, but I I tried not to steal the spotlight, let's say. She's broken her (laughs) silence today. uh, The reason I wanted you to come in is I wanted to hear what's new, and what's new apparently is you have, you've recorded your first song, your own song. Yeah. So we will play that. But what else is new? Well, in the last month, I've done I've done some shows. I acci- I was an idiot and I smashed my fingers and they they felt broken at first, but they weren't. We were a little worried. We were, I have to admit. I was no guitar for almost an entire week. No, oh my God, you forgot everything you learned. <laughs> no, it's just torture if that happens. I cannot go a day without playing something. Yeah, so he was he was silenced for about a week and uh, sidelined, but now he's better, thank goodness. We were we were thinking about taking him to urgent care. Even it was that it was that painful for him. But. How did how did you do this? Funny story. I was playing at the Orleans Craft Beer Festival. While well, I, was, I was scheduled to play outside of the gates, and I opened. I have a metal case where I keep all my patch cords. And the wind was fairly strong that afternoon, and the case slammed on my finger when I was reaching in to get a patch cord. Ouch. So this was after you were done, or uh, in the bef- middle? I was about to start, and then... Yeah, so that that got curtailed. <laughs> well, that, would, yeah. I, it, that would be a very... It would be painful 
as a physical experience, but then it would be very disappointing as well. It was a smashing experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it it let him it let him concentrate on writing. So that week he he did he did start a few songs. So and the one you uh, sent me is that one of the ones, or was that already written? That was I wrote that. I think I came. I came up, my mom came up with this beat. She just had a beat, and then all of a sudden in my head, I had the idea of the verses and how it was going to sound. Because with my song, I wanted it to be catchy, and I wanted it to catch people's attentions. And that I, beat kind of, like, solidified it. I want Judy to do the beat. What was the beat? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was just... Uh, I was trying to actually come up with a happy song because I feel like sometimes, <clears throat> especially with teenagers, we're inundated with angst. So I was trying to come up with a happy song. So I thought this was a happy beat. Uh, and it was just boom, 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 boom. So I thought it was going to be one of those happy disco songs, but it turned out, no, it's an angry punk song. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, the artist can choose what something sounds like. I mean, I've always known that, but when I heard uh, My Humps by Alanis Morissette, I was like, wow, that, she's just, you know, it's still a very captivating song, but it's a whole different sound mm -hmm. than the original by the Black Eyed Peas. Like so, she took it and she made it like Alanis Morissette yeah, would. Yeah. And it sounded pretty, pretty freaking good. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So uh, for those of who have, were not listening last time you were in, tell us a bit about where you are in life, because... People can hear your voice, but they have no idea, I'm sure, at this point that uh, you're still, for example, in high school. Yeah, I just finished grade 10. I had my last exam last week. Thank goodness school is over. Yay! Yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what's and last time you were in, we, uh, we had Brenda done, and, and I had asked her if she could you know, maybe play the mom card, because you were thinking, yeah, I don't need to go to school anymore. I'm just going to go on the road and tour. Well, how's the touring planning thing coming up? <laughs> well, I still live in my mom's house, so there's no way that I'm allowed to leave high school. So, which is fine. Like, I, I feel like I should finish high school. Oh, that's a relief. Okay, good. <laughs> I told least. you this before. <laughs> you have proof now. He said it on the air. Yes, that's right. I have I, to finish. I need to get a recording. No matter how many now. times I say I want to drop out, I'm, I always am never going to have that option. Mm. Well, uh, on the other hand, I am. I have recently picked up um, Dave Grohl's mom's book. Um, so she she wrote her book, uh, interviewed I think six different moms of uh, well known artists, um, and she she was just trying to find kind of like a causal link, right, between everybody's experiences as mothers bringing up these kids. Um, these gifted kids, um, and she she said there was uh, th there's a there's an age that um, these kids decide that yes this is going to be it this is going to be music is going to be my life, and um, it turns out twelve to thirteen years old is where things click, and um, I I did find a parallel there because he did find music it became his passion around that time too right. You made that decision yourself. Well, I mean, I bought I bought an, an electric kit when I was, I think, 11 or 12, I think. Oh, yeah. Can I tell that story? Yes, yes, <laughs> you can tell that. It's nothing, was, there's nothing embarrassing about it. I'm I was, proud of that. I was told that I wasn't allowed to embarrass him on the air. So, um, yeah, so 
<laughs> he decided he... He decided one year that he wanted to go to Rockstar Camp. Rockstar Camp um, was, uh, I thought he was going to play the guitar, but he decided that he wanted to learn how to play the drums. And um, so we, I sent him in, and, the, and uh, at the end of the Rockstar Camp week, uh, we thought he was going to come out with being able to carry a beat or something like that. That was it. And uh, he came out rock drumming. Uh, that final recital, my husband was so blown away. On Friday, Peter almost was in tears. Um, he was so happy. And uh, that Sunday, he went out and bought him a drum kit. So our neighbors <coughs> weren't Hated too it. happy about the drum kit. And uh, so Jason decided he, he wanted to buy an electric kit. So he took all of his money that he had saved. It was $700, yeah? About yeah, yeah seven hundred dollars, like and he put it all in his Lego Star Wars briefcase, black Lego Star Wars briefcase, and uh, it was all cash, coins, paper money, and he brought it to Steve's um, and 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 put it on their uh, counter, and he said, "I want to buy that electric kit," and they, I, I have to say, I, they were so gracious, and they didn't laugh at him or anything, and they they said, "Of course, sir," and they took all of his money, and counted it out. Um, and yeah, he bought his first drum kit there. Yeah. So. <laughs> and but he's playing drums, guitar, and bass. And bass. Yeah. And go ahead, tell us about this new song that you have recorded. So, uh, it's a very angry song. I don't. I don't want to think of it as like an angry, 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 angry song. But like, just too angry. I was just frustrated when I wrote it because dealing with the kids at school and dealing with all the stress of school and stuff like that it was just kind of it was just kind of rough so i wrote this song after feeling kind of upset and it you know how many uh takes did it take to get the recording we're gonna listen so we we always start we i was in the studio i was with my friend josh we he was the engineer because it was at his high school where we recorded it so we started with the drums and then that took one take and then we did the bass, which took 27 takes. Oh. <laughs> Funny story there. And then guitar took about two takes. And then the vocals, I don't even want to talk about the vocals. Oh. Yeah. They're always the hardest. So that was like, uh, it was hard to get, get to the point where you were happy with the, the By vocals. the end, we were at, I think, what, 80 tracks on this on this entire song. Like, with the majority of them being bass and with the majority of them being vocals. Ah, so would you like would you like us to play us play it? Absolutely. All right. So we'll. What's the name of the song? The song is called Down. Down, and we have it. I believe Lucas has got it queued up, so we can just let her rip. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. That's my song. <laughs> I feel like Jason's having the um, that thing you do moment. If that was the that thing you do, I'd be jumping off the walls right now. Like. <laughs> Let's talk a bit, little bit about your influences there. Sure. Definitely caught a little bit of Green Day. Da- oh. Ah. Good, man. <laughs> Good, man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of Green Day. There's a little bit of Blink 182. Yeah. Uh, based on it. the based on the drumming. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, there's a bit of like that Sum 41 kind of angst in the lyrics. Right. Um, just like kind of, it's like straight up kind of punk and alternative influences in the mix. I like it. I have, I have a question. So you know, on the voice when Sawyer Fredericks, his voice cracked. He was singing "Imagine." Yeah. By John Lennon. Did you ever have those problems when you were younger, like in the <laughs> middle of a song? I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only in grade ten. I've got a few. I've got, I think, a good year left of puberty. How do you deal with that when you're in the middle of a song? I have a laugh about it. The audience has a laugh about it. It all works out in the <laughs> end. <laughs> no one really remembers that though no they just like i don't know i mean i understand why i'm doing it so it doesn't so much bother me no and it's a live performance so people are kind of ready for anything i guess broken fingers you know plus they know how old i am so yeah even sean mendez um who was it he was on some he was on james corden and james corden made a montage of all of the times that sean mendez did voice cracks in his concerts yeah, because you know every bo- every guy who gets signed early and you know ends up having to tour with a breaking voice is going to go through this so yeah <laughs> i have a question for judy so oh goodness we, we had a magician here a couple of weeks ago and she started when she was eight and she said her parents let her go and do all kinds of gigs and all kinds of things that she kind of wonders now why they let her do that. So, Judy, you must have had moments when Jason was younger and he was probably going into places with a liquor license. Did you ever, like, worry about his safety or, you know, flip out? Well, uh, he's never doing that alone. So, <laughs> Yay. so it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of time out of our lives. That's for sure. Because we are always carting him from one place to another and uh, we never leave him alone. So that's never an issue really. Yeah. Yay. So, I mean, he's, he's played Rainbow Bistro. Uh, um, most other places uh, after nine, he's not allowed in anyway. So they. <laughs> I try to get like that afternoon slot. Yes. Yeah. So it's mostly afternoons that he plays, and we're okay with that. I mean, as long as. I don't as drink, so I mean. As long as somebody's there. Yeah. yeah. What's coming up? What What should we go and see this weekend? Um. Well, my I'm playing a show at Petrie Island for about half an hour, and then you'll see me walking around with one of my friends because we're going to be dressing up and hanging out with the kids and stuff like that because I'm going to dress up as Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Best Halloween costume ever. ever. And then, ever. yeah. So he's yeah he's doing a meet and greet. I'm doing and a meet and greet with the kids. <laughs> and then Canada Day, you're doing something. Yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing on the main stage. Yeah, Ooh. so he'll be there be at one forty-five. He and his band will be there at one forty-five. And you said the main stage, w- main stage at Petrie Island. At Petrie Island, 
Mm. My only thing is it's going to be 35 degrees outside. Lots of water. Very hot. Is it shaded? You know if it's shaded? I have. I hope so. I've been told there's a there's a cover. So as to whether or not the co- the cover is actually going to be shading him, I don't know. Then uh, I'm walking around in a skin tight red suit, so that's <laughs> going to be fun. And so Spider Man could actually play a guitar in this case. Yeah. Or play the drums. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I don't know how the kids will react to that. <laughs> Especially if it's one of those angry songs, they probably really <laughs> like that. <laughs> Are you going to play a song now? I can. Yeah. Sure. Can you hear that? Yes. Excellent. No matter what you are, I will always be with you. Doesn't matter what you do, girl. Ooh, girl, I want you. No matter what you are. I will always be around Won't you tell me what you found, girl Ooh, girl, I'm with you Knock down the old gray wall And be a part of it all Nothing to say, nothing to see, nothing to do If you would give me all As I would give it to you Nothing would be Nothing would be Nothing would be No matter where you go There will always be a place Can't you see it in my face, girl? Ooh, girl, I want you Knock down the old gray wall And be a part of it all Nothing to say, nothing to see, nothing to do If you would give me all As I would give it to you Nothing would be, nothing would be, nothing would be no matter what you are, I will always be with you. Doesn't matter what you do, girl. Ooh, girl, I want you. You, girl, you, girl, I want you. You, girl, you, girl, I want you. Wow, c'est brilliant. <laughs> Yay! So I recognize it. That's not yours, is it? No, no, no. no. That's uh, No Matter What by Badfinger. Ah, see, the whole time you were playing, I go, this sounds really familiar, but I couldn't place the origin. So why, see, Badfinger's a long time ago, right? Yeah. So what's what's your connection? Like, how did you hear it? Is it I your mom, your dad? I heard the Def Leppard version, because ah. my dad raised me on rock music and he the song came out in 2006 like the Def Leppard version and my dad had it on nonstop, like in the car and in his office and I would come into his office like what's that you know like <laughs> I would I would listen to the song and I really enjoyed it and then I kind of got back into it uh, when I started doing gigs 
and people it's it's gotten really good crowd reactions over the year you made it your own quite well uh, thank you very good rhythm thank yes. you <laughs> have you got another song you want to play for us sure and does your mother do vocals for you <laughs> Or is that too oh, soon? We have, we have really nothing ready. prepared. Nothing? <laughs> but you know what? Next time. We okay. promise. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll work on something for next time. All so right. Go ahead. Give us another one. Tell sure. us the history of the next one. So the next song is, uh, I'll play Wonderwall by Oasis. Um, I believe we found the song on a list online because whenever we try to come up with new stuff, my mom and I would sit at our computer and look up lists on YouTube of like top 50 happiest songs or biggest rock songs I'm of the decade or whatever. always looking for happy songs. Always. Thank There's goodness. so many sad songs out Yay. there. <laughs> this song kind of just came up on that list, I think, and we both really enjoyed it. And it's become a crowd favorite to the people from the UK in my audience because they're, they were a really big band back yeah, in the day. Yeah, we have a... You have a bit of an Irish following, I think, from from Broadway for sure. So because we'd get, I'd play the first opening riff, and the guys at the bar would be like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible song. Let's hear your take on it. All right. Today was gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you've got to do And I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Backbeat, the wind is on the street that the fire in your heart is out I'm sure you've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt. And I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all the roads we have to walk are winding. And all the lights that lead us there are blinding. There are many things that I would like to say to you, but I don't know how. I said, maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. And after all, you're my wonder Today was gonna be the day, but they'll never throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you're not to do. And I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all the roads we have to walk are winding. And all the lights that light the way are blinding There are many things that I would like to say to you But I don't know how I said maybe You're gonna be the one that saves me And I 
Daryl You're my wonder one I said maybe You're gonna be the one that saves me And after all You're my wonder one Yes <laughs> See, I, it's, it's, I think that's another one If you put that on YouTube That YouTube would flag as This is the original it sounds, <laughs> it, it, at least for me, it really invokes the, like, it sounds like I'm not listening to a cover. Like, it, there's a feeling that's like, oh, yeah, this is the song. Oh, Thanks, man. <laughs> I have a mom question. Oh, sure. So <laughs> Go what ahead. advice do you have for parents who are just starting out with um, Prodigy? She I used the P word. Yeah. The P word, yeah. There's a lot. There's a there's a lot that goes into that p word. Um, I I don't know. I I don't I don't consider them prodigies. I mean, when he first drummed, when he first started drumming, he was known as the drum prodigy. Um, and you know, you you can only be a prodigy for so long, and then you become like everybody else because people catch up eventually. So, um, I. I think you just have to let them be. Don't push it um, because you you run the risk of them burning out as well. So they have to find their path. They do. And it has to be their path. Um, you know, I and you know, I've read a lot of uh, biographies, uh, especially of prodigies, just to just to kind of study what. What has happened? I, I want to learn from everybody else's path, and um, so I, I've I've watched Lang Lang, the pianist, and um, I, I, the path that he had with his parents. Um, kind of disturbing at times, um, I have to say. So I, I've been more of a hands-off. Um, listen, I said to him when he got his first guitar, um, if you learn three songs a week. Just spend the summer. Last summer, that's what he did. Spend spend the summer, three songs a week, learn them. And uh, if you can put together a show that I would want to watch, I will get you a gig. I, I mean, I will enable you that way. Yeah. But I'm not going to push you. You have to prove to me that you can do it. it so. Sounds like you've, you're more humble. Your role is more humble. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Uh, you're not trying to take over no, no. I, I, She's I the momager. <laughs> I just, I just want to enable. I mean, I want to help them get where they want to go. I don't want to push them to where I want them to go. You're That's momager, but not momzilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I heard, uh, kind of like in what you had just said, is it sounds like you have no trouble telling them that doesn't work. Oh, yeah. I'm... <laughs> she will not lie to me I'm if pretty, something sounds I'm, like crap. I'm pretty harsh. <laughs> well, see, that's what you need. So yeah, you exactly. I, 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 I take that. So I mean, yeah, he's lucky. I mean, I'm pretty open with my with my my music choices. I, I'm I'm pretty open to listening to a whole bunch of music. He will bring me music to listen to, and he has educated me quite a bit on 
um, stuff that's not top 40. Uh, I'm a top 40 girl. So um, top 40 and uh, musical theater. Love musical theater. So his father decided that he needed to really uh, push the rock on the other side just to balance <laughs> stuff out, right? But uh, So he's, he's had quite a diverse upbringing in terms of music, so... Jason, you're really fortunate to have somebody very, very close to you who will tell you the truth. Yeah. Because I, well, my background in filmmaking has shown me that there's too many times when someone's working on a script and they show it to someone close to them, and it doesn't matter how bad it is, they'll say, oh, that's great. And it, that's not helpful. Well, wow. You need, you need somebody who's going to look at it and go, you know, that doesn't work. This part doesn't work. That part doesn't work. So to have, have your mother be willing to give you the feedback and not just say, oh, everything's wonderful, that's... That's great. I need that because, like, I don't want to be a bad performer. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think that was my upbringing, too. So I, th- I think I come by that naturally. I mean, my parents were also quite brutally honest <laughs> in a lot of ways, which is probably why I didn't go into music or arts of any kind and went into engineering instead. <laughs> I mean, no one's really yeah. harder on me than myself, though. Like, I'm very, like, if I'm pitchy, like, I'll think in my head but I won't let it out. Or like if I messed up that chord or if we, or if like a band messed up a part that I'm playing in, it's like, I'll keep it inside of me until I leave the venue. (laughs) You'll notice it though. And you'll acknowledge it internally that, yep, that wasn't right. Yeah. Certain part, like certain parts of Wonderwall wasn't right, but I mean, like I still played and I had fun doing it. So I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he is his, his own worst quit critic. It's, it's well, that's, true. That's yeah. very helpful. I mean, from, from, a, from the perspective of, a, of an audience member, like somebody who's enjoying music, if, somebody, if somebody's not aware that they're not quite getting things done the way that they should to you know, achieve the goal, and they don't, they don't see it themselves, and it's really hard. Your, your mother would have a very difficult time saying, you know, Jason, that doesn't quite work. If you, if you weren't open to the critique and weren't self-aware so i mean that's i mean i think that's probably i don't know was it in the book was that in the book that, that the people who succeed or are willing to accept critiques willing to you know look at their work critically is is that part of what it is to be you know a success i th- i think in the book it was more that again they were self-aware so um uh, a, a lot of times in the in the books, it, they they were forging their own path. I mean, the parents really had very little control over what was going on because these kids knew what they wanted to do, and and uh, so they already knew what sounded bad and what didn't make sense. And musically, they were far beyond their years. So the parents and myself included were just trying to keep up with what's going on right so yeah, yeah. He's, he's blazing a path and you're like oh, okay so this is where we're going yeah and exactly. you just try and keep them yeah inside what you need to feel secure well about. make sure everything's legal above board things like that yeah <laughs> hey would you write a book like dave girl's mom did oh i i think i'm going to contribute to her sequel maybe hopefully <laughs> Do you want to be best friends with with Green Day's moms? <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, we'll have to pitch all of the ones that you want, right? I'll have to figure out which moms I want to meet, and then Go maybe we'll there. pitch a new book to her. So, so, so do you you have another song in your? Uh... Sure, I can do one more. Yeah. Mm, let's get bluesy with it. Well, you've heard about my love, giving sight to the blind 
My baby loved me when the sun won't shine She's my sweet little thing She's my pride and joy She's my sweet little baby And I'm my little lover boy Yeah, I love my baby A heart and soul Love like ours will never grow She's my sweet little thing She's my pride and joy She's my sweet little baby And I'm my little lover boy Yeah, I love my baby She's long and lean You mess with her, you get a man real mean She's my sweet little thing She's my pride and joy She's my sweet little baby And I'm my little lover boy Yeah, I love my baby like the finest ones Stick with her till the end of time She's my sweet little thing She's my pride and joy She's my sweet little baby And I'm my little lover boy yeah, I love my baby, heart and soul Love like ours will never grow She's my sweet little thing She's my pride and joy She's my sweet little baby And I'm my little love boy Wow, brilliant. Thank Amazing. you. Th that was a cover as well. Yeah, that was uh, Pride and Joy by Stevie Rivon. Excellent. Now, I just wanted to say as a, you know, as yourself, an uh, artist growing, uh, um, you just, you're halfway through high school, right? Yeah. And how do you find the writing process has grown and developed for you? Writing songs? Yeah. It's gotten, as I grow older, it's a bit, I have a bit more to say, mm -hmm. but like I wrote really bad songs in grade four when uh, about stuff that I really shouldn't have like, oh, you broke my heart. I'm never going to find love ever again. La, 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 la. Well, hey, at I least mean, you started in grade four and, you know, you work <laughs> through it and that's all part of the process. I it's mean, really like your voice cracky. <laughs> it goes away. Right. Who poetry, poetry kind of came into the mix with the songwriting because you like I'm writing songs right now down wasn't really rhyming it was I mean I'm writing songs now where it's like I would do a line and then the second line would have a word on the the last word and then I'd make another line and then the the last line of that verse would have a word that would rhyme with the second with the second line of that verse mm -hmm. but his first attempts were everything rhymes <laughs> which everything got harder and harder and harder because <laughs> not oh yeah, so he's becoming a little bit more sophisticated, I think, with his... Well, that and the music that I listen to now on the radio and on, like, Spotify, it's really grown as well with that because it's. I feel like Ed Sheeran's one of those influences. He writes very well, so I kind of look up to him as a writing influence in that sense. Yes, and nowadays, I mean, we really live at the forefront of musical exploration. There's everything we have access to. And you could really make it work as long as you have talent, and you clearly have talent. Thanks, man. 
Oh. Is there, for our lady listeners, is there a girlfriend? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hear that? He said, wish. He said, no. (laughs) You said you wish. Well, what would you do if you you had a girlfriend? I have someone in mind, but I mean, I hope hope it happens. You don't want to do a shout out to her? Oh. Well, you know what? Would that be ballsy? (laughs) Yes, do it. That would be rock and roll. (laughs) I think he's he's writing a song for her, actually, right now. So... I don't know. It's uh, not ready for this. Like, if I come back, I'll definitely had, have it ready. He had a plan. Tell them your plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I was recording the. I was recording down, and I was in the middle of rehearsal, and one of my old dance partners goes. It was at St. Matt's, so one of my old dance partners actually goes there, and according to the engineer, her locker was really like I think right next to the studio. So I was thinking about like I was first thinking about leaving like sticky notes on her locker, saying like, "Hey, want to hang out sometime?" Blank like Jay at the bottom. <laughs> but then I said, "Why don't I? Why don't I try writing a song about it?" It's it's not a sad song at the moment. It's like I miss you. I want to hang out with you more. I haven't seen you in a while. Let's it's a hopeful song. It's a hopeful song. It's a song <laughs> of hope. Um. That sounds appealing to a girl. Yeah, like I would. Te- my <laughs> it was so stupid. I had my. The engineer said, "Let's let's have this idea. Why don't you text her like the first couple verses of the song, and then she'll be like, what's this?' And it's like <laughs> Thursday or Friday. It's like, what's on Thursday, Friday? I'll release the song. <laughs> yeah. So some cryptic messages at first, and then and then just because that could either go very well or very badly. But I mean, <laughs> so it's someone you've had some time to hang out with. But yeah, we had a dance not. together. We've been partners. We were partners for about wow, four you're years. You're giving it away now, buddy. Oh." <laughs> If she listens to this, she'll know well, who it is. Yeah, I think but. so. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, that's Thanks. right. I'm making risk. But here's the thing. You've been spending a lot of your life practicing, right? Yes. So you're 15. If I'm 16. 16, okay. Oh, he's going to be driving soon. So, But anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, maybe not. So um, look at Alan and me. We're still practicing. Yeah, but for five years or more, you've been practicing music, and you have had no distraction. And then uh, girlfriend comes into the picture. Then she's going to be arguing, oh, you're not spending enough time with me. Unless, of course, she has a musical inclination of her own. Is she musically inclined? She's a dancer. So, I mean, yes. well, I guess I guess that counts, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. She's got rhythm. She's an artist. She's a tap dancer. She's, she's Ooh, very... F- she, yeah, she, we, we both did tap. We both did jazz. We did all kinds of stuff together, which was fun. That makes you more than a triple threat because he does drums, bass guitar, regular guitar. He sings. He does dance. He's got good hair. He's got good hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He's See, got a nice mom. People like long hair. See, originally, before he started singing, I thought he was going to become a Cirque du Soleil performer because he, he did gymnastics. He had dance background. So that's what I thought. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. here we are with a guitar. It's been great having you two come in. Thank uh, you for having so us. Much for having it was so us. much this fun. This was fun. Oh, we will, will definitely be, you know, checking in with you later to see how many more songs you have. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be reminding you that Judy will be singing on the next. Show. <laughs> You'll be coming. Okay, in. I'll start preparing now. Because well, because we talked last time, I think off air that that you and Jason have worked on something before, but you felt a little. It was Christmas stuff. A little reluctant. <laughs> You didn't want to. You didn't want to sort of blur his brand. Exactly. But I think on air like this, a special event like this, would be one of those kind of things that's like you know, 
it, well, it's definitely one of the things I think if I was Jason, I'd be like, yeah, this is going to be just one of those fun <laughs> things to do yeah. with my mom. Because you've been so supportive in Aww. what he's doing. So it'd be a gift to him. You. Well, we'll try. We'll try for next time. At this point, I want to give you a chance to uh, provide your contact info if anybody want gets, wants to get a hold of you to play music sure, for an event. Can, so like an email. email or Instagram or... Contact at jasoncocovas.com would be my email. How do you spell that? So contact at J-A-S-O-N-K-O-K-K-O-V-A-S.com. He's, he's got his own URL. <laughs> and then I also have Instagram and Facebook if you want to check that out. And those are? Uh, so at jason.cocovas and then uh, at jasoncocovas on Facebook. And Judy, do you have anything special as his momager? Don't make mommy mad at... <laughs> <laughs> On Instagram. Yeah. So 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 my uh, my moniker on Instagram is don't make mommy mad. And uh, it is. Uh, so Jason set my profile. And uh, so I appear as mom of at Jason Coco Boss. So like this episode and follow our SoundCloud page to be notified when the next episode is published. Follow us on Instagram. That's Instagram dot com slash life off high. Like us on Facebook, High Off Life Podcast. Check us out on iTunes. We're there as well. And you can email us if you want to be a guest or if you want something in particular discussed at highofflifepodcast at gmail.com. And the theme music you heard is by Ben Kissner. And you can get a hold of him at, at Ben Kissner, which is B E N K I S S N E R. Thank you all for joining us. We'll drop another one next week. Stay well, stay healthy. Cheers.